whether there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You want a minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I've had a better buying experience there. If you're in the market for a new Chevy truck I or new to you Chevy truck, I recommend Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. And uh, we do have Pat Richter with us today. Pat, how are you doing? I'm great, Jim. How are you today? Doing pretty good. And, and I got to... I got a question uh, for you that uh, maybe you can give some insight into because it's Wisconsin and it's Madison and every single person that I've talked to about uh, the new chancellor coming in at, at some point to replace uh, Rebecca Blank is the question of, does that mean we get to buy beer at a Badger <laughs> events? Where, do you think that could have any effect on it? Well, maybe the first question that they ask the uh prospective chancellor by the committee what what their position is and more likely they're probably going to be very very cautious about it but it's been a kind of a non-starter for many many years i know that uh we had to deal with some of that issue during the uh, packer uh, games at, at camp randall and uh it, it was not good i mean it was uh you know, we had families and things like this, and you almost had to have special seating arrangements to put uh, certain sections, uh, maybe even beer-related and whatever. It was it was very hard to manage, and, uh, you know, it, it always seemed like there was ability to get what they want without having it being uh, offered at the uh, stands because uh, if you looked at the stands after the uh, games are over and do the, when they sweep up by the cleanup crew, Whatever you'd be amazed what they find in the seating stands. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. But it was, you know, it's been so long since the arguments really kind of come up, and there's been so many Big Ten schools and schools across the country that have that have added it that I, I kind of just forgot because you we weren't at the games last year. I've been to a couple this year, and the lines have been so long and everything that it just kind of escaped my mind that the Badgers don't serve alcohol at their events and. It's just one of those things that it will definitely pop back up with someone new in, in, uh, uh, in this Yeah, spot. it's, it's going to be a you know, question of you know, do you need that to get people in the stands? Well, if that's the case, then maybe we're, as the ch- previous Chancellor Blank said, maybe they're in the wrong business because of the you know, play for pay and things like this, but the same thing with respect to alcohol. Uh, there's certainly always the argument of the fact that they've got – Alcohol up in the suites and the Buckingham suites and uh, and uh, varsity seats, and I would guess that it's going to be much more closely uh, scrutinized, and maybe in 
and brought uh, in front of people when they open up the end zone seating because that's going to have the uh, ability to have alcohol, I would guess. So, uh, you know, it's always that argument is if you really need that uh, with $50 million coming in and television revenue and things like this, I think it creates more issues than that. And uh, you don't really need it for that respect. If you did, that, that's, uh, that's kind of false uh, promotion, I would think. You need it. The prospect of what's going on in the field should really be taken much more seriously and much more into focus, and that's what's really where you're at the games. And so I, I think that the, even though the Wisconsin gets the bad rap with respect to, uh, I guess what twelve top county drunken counties in the country <laughs> or something like yep. that, and uh, and so I, I think that it just creates more issues than not, and. Uh, and I don't know that you really want to do start having those distractions at the football games. No, and, and that's uh, you know some, some very uh, good insight there. Speaking of the football games, the the Badgers, uh, we'll say this: people have been drinking at that Badger game against Army that might have fallen asleep. Uh, it was <laughs> uh, a great defensive performance from the Badger football team, but offensively, there looks like some real trust issues with the quarterback. I mean, what sixteen passes, only you know eight completions. Really, just an offense that uh, harkens back to an era. I don't even know if that's the '90s. What the Badgers were doing there. So, I mean, they won, but there's there's still some red flags with this team. Well, I tell you what, I think we used to throw it more in the '60s. Put it that way. I was going to say back the '90s, huh. but uh, yeah. we uh, we had much more open offense. But I this one, I'm not sure about. I, I, I just it's been a disappointment. I think just with respect to thinking each week it's going to be better and better in terms of domination and things like this, and it just doesn't happen. And I, I'm not sure why, and uh, just when it's not play calling, it's execution. The line, you know, at times just uh, not getting the push that they need. Certainly the defense held up their end of the bargain until the end of the game, and then it was just kind of probably dragging on because it got so long and being on the field and things like this. But, I, you know, Army is a very difficult team to play with. I mean, everybody knew that. And I think that with respect to their their running attack, that was really what was kind of advertised. But I don't know that anybody foresaw the ability to shut down the offense that they do, the way that they did. And they, it was aggressiveness. It was uh, one of those trap games, so to speak, that, he, that they just were well-prepared. Monken is a good coach. He's always been a good coach. His brother, I think Jeff, is a very good coach. And uh, and so they come in. They're not afraid of anything, obviously, being a service academy, take you on and, uh, and really go after you. And so uh, I was really kind of a little bit more uh, concerned that they might throw the ball a little bit more because they, they certainly with all the triple option and things like this, it's the ability to – end up with the ball in the quarterback's hands and coming up with a pass downfield is very rare, uh, real. And in that respect, it happened a couple of times. And so uh, I, I think that they there's just something that's just not clicking. I don't know whether it's uh, youngness and execution and uh, mistakes. And, uh, you know, I guess that's one of the questions you want to answer. Are there just a lot of assignment mistakes or not? But they, Because they just don't have any kind of continuity and, and and threats, and I think that every throw that's made is kind of being slipped in there. There's not very many throws that where somebody's gotten separation and uh, and and is wide open and uh, the patterns and things like this, and and they're still getting a good pass rush on uh, on a line that really is has not really proved itself yet, and that's really concerning. It is, and I think it, like you kind of touched on. There's there's so many issues that are kind of compounding here that. 
you know, it hurts the trust in the play calling because you don't know what these, maybe you don't trust these guys can hold the block or uh, do the, run the right route. Uh, there's a lot there. But on the bright side, uh, and I know I did the show with, with, with Derek Engler uh, yesterday, or yeah, Monday, and uh, we talked, you know, he complained a little bit about Braylon Allen running up the backs of the offensive linemen, but uh, Braylon should be a senior right now, and what he's doing is pretty remarkable, and I think it's a, at least a, a huge upside for Wisconsin. Absolutely. He's a bright spot, and there's no question about it. You know, when we talk about the uh, execution, whatever, the thing that really concerned me is somebody must think they've got an answer that Wisconsin's going to break out or whatever. I guess that they're a favorite this weekend, which I can't understand at all. And uh, uh, traveling, and they're going to be in a favorite. Either they feel we've been holding back, or there's something that's going to all of a sudden be let out of the box that's going to create this uh, huge juggernaut. But uh, so far, we haven't seen it. But uh, but he, Allen is really a, it just seemed like a great kid, and he certainly uh, is you know getting a little bit more uh, chance to show what he can do, kind of like AJ Dillon with the Packers. I mean, he's a real he's a real load to try to bring down. But uh, again, you're playing against a team that just hasn't uh, hasn't uh, the ability, maybe the, the top notch talent like even Purdue. But Purdue did it against Iowa, and that's why it's kind of surprising to see where we're kind of favored in a game like that. I was surprised too. I mean, favorite or not, that's you know not quite as important of you know actually going out and winning the the game here. But it is an opportunity for Wisconsin. They they're going to have to. I don't want to say steal some games here, but it's not an easy road to bowl eligibility based on how they played, which would be truly shocking. I believe ESPN popped uh, Paul Christ up on not a coach on the hot seat, but if this year compounds and carries into next year, then there you know Paul could be on this hot seat, but. Couple wins and getting back into a bowl game can change how everyone feels about the program and have optimism going into the next year. Yeah, I mean this is one of the situations that we thought at some point in time it might come. You know, but the fact, fact that the people are really ex, uh, expect to go to a bowl game and not just any bowl game, a good bowl game. I mean they're much more sophisticated than they would have been in the past, and uh, and I think they certainly understand that they want to be in that uh, championship game with the Big Ten as well. Well, some of those things aren't going to happen, and, uh, and so it's going to put a little bit of pressure on them. But I, I think that you look at the way the things have played out so far this year, and then what you've got all in front of you. I mean, there isn't a game in there that you can say, "Well, there's, there's a breather, or whatever." I think every one of these games is going to be tough. I mean, you could uh, you could see a big swing in terms of how we do. All depend on all the, uh, the performance of the team because these are teams that have beaten you know. Bigger teams, teams that have been ranked, and each one of them has shown in their own right that they can be really very tough opponents at a certain time, and uh, and so I, you know, I think people maybe think that Purdue is a bunny, but uh, I watched them against Iowa and they they slammed the door on them, and they, and I think Iowa may have got the benefit of a little bit of enamored with the Kirk, and the Kirk's a great coach, but that the, they didn't have them up in the rankings for a long period of time and. Even Michigan slipped in there, and Michigan and Penn State, probably two of the games that we we played fairly well for a certain period of time, and then slipped. But these other ones are ones that now that people are going to say, "Well, you should beat these teams and whatever." And those are all the difficult games to win. Uh, they are definitely difficult difficult games to win. Staying with the Badgers, but moving to the basketball court, kind of a a different team here for Wisconsin. Very what seems like the the group that was here prior outside of you know Davison coming back have been here for 
Uh, I can't imagine being an opponent, an opponent of the Badgers. They must hate the faces of, of Davison right now. But all those guys for Wisconsin, Potter and Reavers, uh, Trice, they all felt like they were here forever. And now it's it's going to be large majority of the heavy lifting for this team is going to be carried by very young players. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think this is one of those games or this season that you're going to take a look at it and and whatever is done is going to kind of reflect more on the, on an attitude and, and whether or not there's been an adjustment and whether or not the some of these things have been put to bed with respect to this meeting and the and the recordings and things like this because uh, this is uh, you know it just seemed like there were a number of the guys that are leaving whether it's Reavers or uh, others that that just a little unhappiness and not happy the way things turned out and with pandemic and everything else and uh, I think that this is uh, one of those years where. It's going to be a question of, well, how much does a team chemistry make uh, mean? And I think in that regard, it probably should be a, a good good bit. I think Davison, probably at the leadership standpoint, is probably the person most uh, adapted, adept at uh, being the kind of leader of the team. And certainly, if he doesn't have the corresponding cast, and I think he's going to show a lot for for his leadership abilities in terms of how he can pull this together a little bit as well. I think he's going to be like another coach on the on the court, and uh, it's going to be very important to see how he can handle that. You know, and uh, and so I think this is going to be an important year, not only for the, some of these younger players, but certainly for Greg and everything else to kind of put a lot of things to bed and just say getting back to the, kind of the normalcy and what we've been seeing in teams for since uh, you know for the last 25, 30 years. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. You're listening to Madison's home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Middleton to Giannis, caught it, slam it! 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin on demand. Time flies by in the yellow and green. Stick around and you'll see what I mean. There's a mountain top. I'm dreaming of If you need me You know where I'll be I'll be riding shotgun Underneath the heart sun Feeling like someone I'll be riding shotgun Welcome back to the Pat Richter Show 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app And Wisconsin On Demand We are brought to you in part By Oak Park Place and at Oak Park Place, they offer seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of care that you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side in the Nakoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. Uh, Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. And, Pat, I, I did want to at least uh, – we're not, not going to do a whole thing on the Brewers here, but there was some uh, Brewers news where the, they uh, fired their um, hitting coach and they told their assistant hitting coach to don't count on having a job. So, uh, you know, classic hitting coach is always the first to go if things don't go great uh, when you're hit, hitting the ball in the playoffs there. Any – I mean, does he think this makes any sort of difference for the Brewers? Or is this kind of just a sacrificial lamb? 
Well, I think probably the latter. I think if you'd asked uh, somebody in uh, early September or thereabouts when things are hotter in places, say, hey, we'd like to tie up for five years or something, you probably would have uh, been able to try to get a deal together at that point in time. But certainly it all of a sudden it went in the tank and just didn't it didn't start and stop real fast, but it was uh, certainly would stop the brewers anyway. You know, and I think that you see that uh, like how fast it can go. With the Freddie Freeman, I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, this guy gets seven yeah. or eight strikeouts in a row, and then he gets hot again. He was hot against the Brewers, and so it's uh, somebody has to take the the fall, and I think that uh, that's probably the most uh, likelihood. And in fact, I was just wondering whatever happened to the third base coach that used to be there all the time. Did he retire, Ed Cedar, or did he get let go at one point in time? He's been missing in action. Uh, and so I, I wonder what happened to him, but he he may have had the same thing happen last year, unless he just retired. But but that's uh, you know without making any major uh, moves, that's probably the thing that gets everybody's attention. But I you know it, it's really been it's you know it's hard to say what pushes a needle on respect to somebody hitting. And you know, I talked somebody was talking about Bellinger, and he had a home run last night, obviously. And, Caught tied the ball game, and uh, but he's swinging the bat so much different than he was during the season when he was having some troubles. And they said, well, he moved his hands up a little bit, got a little bit better to move the bat and quicker. And and when he swings the bat, it's it's he's swinging it. He's he's not holding back. Same thing with Corey Seager. And you look at Yelich and uh, the troubles that he was having, and he was so messed up upstairs and and very tentative and not going after any first pitch and. And whether it was a strike or not, and so maybe there's somebody. Maybe they they're going to get a psychologist rather than a hitting instructor. Maybe that'll do more good than bad. That's uh, you know maybe that's one way to do it, or maybe a little bit of both. And maybe that new hitting instructor would be someone who uh, can also be a sports psychiatrist. Uh, Pat, we'll move to the Milwaukee Bucks, and first we'll get uh, your thoughts on. Uh, ESPN Wisconsin host Benny Brust being named the color analyst for the home games for the Milwaukee Brewers on the radio, replacing Bucks. Dennis Bucks, excuse me, replacing Dennis Krause, and then also, um, uh, yeah, and he's obviously a former Badger too. So it's kind of cool to see what uh, what Ben can bring to the table. That's terrific. I mean, he had a, did a great job with us, and the uh, everything he's done has done well. He's uh, very very precise he's outspoken i think which is you need a little bit he he understands the game and he's uh, gets his gets his mind wrapped around the way things are being done and how people are playing and things like that i think he gives a little bit of an insight into uh you know, the kind of the what goes on on the floor and behind the the uh, the locker room and the, the bench and everything else and i think that's what people are looking for they want a little bit of feeling like they're on the inside and so the fact that uh you know, I know Dennis. Dennis did a great job, but uh, I think that uh, at some point in time, you get somebody in there that uh, has been been a more recent player and and that can contribute. And I think that that's uh, that's what everybody's looking for today. And I wish him well. Yeah, and uh, to the the uh, football, or excuse me, the basketball side of things on the court, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks came out on fire right away against the Nets. Nets obviously have a lot of off the court. Uh, you know, drama going on with Kyrie Irving, but still, and, and it's the first game of the year, but a great hot start for the Bucks. Got some uh, contributions from names we probably won't be hearing later in the year, but couldn't ask for a better win uh, beating the Nets, who 
Uh, you, you were barely able to sneak by in the playoffs, beat them that first game at home to start the year as you collect your rings and, and raise the banner. Pretty special night. I'll tell you what, you needed a bushel basket for that ring. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I saw that little television and saw what it looked like, and that was that was special. I mean, put a deer in there, you you, well, you get a room for everything, but I, I don't know what they almost looked like they had a small little diamond for every victory, I think it was. But, uh, you know, it, it's certainly uh, gratifying to see that they were able to pull that off and happen. And I think that then to come back out and, and win the first game, and then, albeit they didn't have Irving uh, playing and the Nets, but uh, I think that uh, this business about having all the All Stars is maybe getting a little bit overrated. and I think the uh, the Lakers proved that last night, even with uh, Westbrook and Davis and and LeBron, they couldn't pull it off. So, so I think the 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 uh, Bucks have again pulled pulled one out of the hat, so to speak, and just say, hey, we're going to stick with what we've got. We're playing well, and uh, and there are other things out there that are on the floor that don't show up in stats or uh, you know rings or whatever it might be and trying to put together super teams that means a lot more than, uh, than some of those things and I think that's really refreshing and I think that uh, certainly hopes that it's a great start to the year but certainly like Giannis is I mean he's, he's kind of guy who very honestly wants to prove you know people that, uh, that this is the real deal and I think that's refreshing. Yeah when you look at the landscape of the Eastern Conference I mean, the Nets will be there with or without Kyrie Irving. They're they're a pretty loaded team. Uh, the Bucks obviously are going to be right at the top there, and then it, it gets a I think a little bit more dicey. You don't know exactly what Boston is, what exactly Philadelphia is. They've got their own drama. Uh, look, Atlanta could they make a big jump? Is there a midseason trade that could change something? So there's a I think it really is Milwaukee and and Brooklyn. And then probably everyone else, you can kind of fight to see uh, who fits behind it. Maybe it's Miami. Maybe they make a move. But the, you know, until the trade deadline, I would be shocked if it's anything but Nets and Bucks uh, dominating the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and I think anybody that uh, has Durant uh, on, the, on the team is is going to be in the mix, and that's for sure. Given what he did in the Olympics and things like that, I mean, he he can be such a dominant player. I mean. He doesn't, you know, he's seven foot or whatever it is, a span is like seven six or something like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't even appear that big. He's so skilled and he can do most anything. And and I think sometimes in addition to have a Harden or a, or an Irving or whatever, it may be more of a a negative. It's it's uh, by uh, subtraction by addition, and sometimes it doesn't work. The only bully. You only have so much time out there. The ball can only be in so many people's hands within a period of time before you shoot the ball. And uh, sometimes it just doesn't get the, the the input. It's almost like a protection for injuries because of what they've had gone through in the last couple of years. But I think that there's just, uh, you're probably right, Philadelphia's has got a lot of a big mess out there handling what they're going to do with Simmons. And, uh, and that one is really kind of an oddball situation. And I think it's going to be very difficult for somebody to, jump in and take him uh, right off their hands and uh, at this time of the year in fact now it's going to be very uh, much a uh, kind of a buyer's market so to speak if in fact anybody wants to take him I mean he saw some of those clips of him dishing off when he should have had the dunk and kind of closed off the game and it didn't happen that way and uh, and so I think that the, the the East is going to be there just like you say but I think that the, again it's going to be feeding on themselves and getting to the top, but 
not not playing as a, as a team as the Bucks have been able to play, and I think that's going to show up. And maybe that's maybe this is kind of a time when people are going to see that this is what it takes to be a winner, and uh, the Bucks have got it, and they'll start to think a little bit differently rather than the super teams. And you know, with uh, you know moving away from the super teams and the Bucks, I wanted to talk. Uh, Sam Decker made a nice uh, kind of route back to the NBA. He officially made Toronto's opening night uh, roster, and Sam went from lottery pick to ascending star to injured player to out, you know a couple you know traded a couple times on the deadline, or maybe coming to Milwaukee and then get dealt out to uh, Washington. But then he ended up out uh, in Russia playing basketball and. He's worked his way back, and now I mean it's not a high-profile position with the Raptors, but he did, you know, reestablish his dream of getting back in the NBA. Well, I give him a lot of credit. I mean, it's not easy to do, and I think that uh, from that standpoint of understanding a little bit about uh, the Russia and uh, knowing from a hockey perspective what that happens. I mean, the Russians pay an awful good salary. I think Mike Wilkinson was over there and did very well. And they pay well, but it's a, it's a, not an easy chore uh, playing in the Russia. And so to go that route and finally end up with a chance to come back, uh, I think that uh, there's a certain uh, toughness that you pick up over there. And I think that, that maybe is something that really helps out. Sam is always a physical guy and uh, very, very highly skilled. But I think that, uh, you know, you play in Russia and Slovenia and places like that, this is where you really get a, a little bit of a toughness. And I think that's obviously what you have to have when you're in the in the NBA. But uh, good that somebody took a chance on him because they're going to get, if he can stay healthy, they're going to get somebody that's going to put out for him and uh, give him all he's got anyway. This is the Pat Richter Show. we got Sounds of the Week coming up next, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN App, and Wisconsin on the Man. You're listening to Madison's Home for Milwaukee Bucks Basketball. Takes the three, good! 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Welcome back to the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison studio alongside uh, former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Time now for Sounds of the Week. What did she say? These are the Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. We start with what I was asked this morning on Sports Map Radio Network. I did a hit this morning. I was asked if this is the greatest piece of trash talk ever, Pat. Here's Aaron Rodgers. If it wants to work, let's try that again. Pat, what was the reaction when you saw Aaron Rodgers at Soldier Field on Sunday yell, I own you to Bears fans? You cleaned that up nicely here. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Put it that way. Well, first of all, I thought that there was a cheap shot when he went in the end zone. I thought there should have been a flag when this guy taking a shot at him and knocked him out of bounds. But uh, that was not the thing I was looking for. I was thought maybe you get a little bit of uh, trash talk, but you know, you just don't expect it. You expect it. You think, well, it's Lambo, Lambo Leap. There's going to be some fans there or whatever. Those are uh, you know, bear fans that we didn't realize were there. 
but I, I don't know whether that came just for spontaneous or somebody thought of, if I ever get the chance to go in there, I still own you because it was kind of a classic uh, you know, choice of words and everything else. They own you. and so they, But I think that uh, certainly at that time, he was uh, feeling pretty good. And, uh, and when you see him on the bench with his arms over the bench and kind of smiling and laughing a little bit, you know, anytime you have a situation like that that he can uh, you know, capitalize on and we can have him with the Packers, gives us more opportunity to think that maybe there's another year in his, in his future. So uh, I'm all for it. And look, I, it is a pretty great piece of trash talk. I don't think he, I don't think that was premeditated because he sounds so, what's the word here? He sounds real. so, yeah, real, unfiltered. Well, well supposedly he got a couple of birds that thrown yep. at him too, so. Well, let's dive into those those birds, Pat. That's our next piece of audio. Here's Aaron Rodgers after the game. Sometimes you black out on the field. <laughs> in, a good, in a good way. Uh, I definitely blacked out uh, from a concussion, which isn't a good way. But uh, I looked up in the stands, and in the front row, all I saw was a woman giving me a double bird. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what came out of my mouth next. Love that. He's not exactly sure what came out of his mouth next. That audio clip sounded like it was accompanied with both fake media laughter and an earthquake at Soldier Field. But nonetheless, there's Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. Pat, was there ever a moment in in competition where you quote-unquote blacked out because you were just so into it? Was there ever a competitive moment where you know maybe you don't know what you said to an opponent? Well, not on purpose. Not that I was lucid to be able to remember it, but uh, you get your bell wrong. I remember playing against uh, the Cardinals about uh, with Larry Wilson, who was a great defensive back, and we hit head to head to head. Uh, I caught a pass over the middle, and, and my shin strap was split in half. It still was buckled on both sides, but it broke in half, and we both went down, and the first thing that came to mind was, I better get up faster than he does because he's a lot smaller than I am. That's the only thing I thought about, and I was able to stand up faster than he was, so otherwise it might have been embarrassing. But that was the only time I really think I had to make it something out of nothing and uh, just make it look like, hey, you were stronger than he was, but uh, didn't feel just as good as he did probably. And there were different reactions as far as from uh, the Bears on the – about a Cole Komet said that uh, – Stop, Strophy. Stop. You're throwing me off here. Cole Komet said that the Rodgers comments were dead on and that you can't really argue with them. But Olin Krutz said uh, he wanted to punch <laughs> and really fight uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, well, I saw and, Olin's name in there. I mean, yeah. he isn't playing anymore, is he? No, no, but he has a podcast and he has. Oh, yeah. So his well, point was. I, I mean, coming from the Bears and people like that and when Ditka was the coach and whatever, I'm sure that that would have been something those guys would have said. Give him a high five for us. <laughs> well, go ahead, Struff. Yeah. So you me- you mentioned reactions. Yeah. Uh, to 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 I own you. This was a call that came into Wildy and Tausch on Monday. Uh, Jim in Sockville, I believe, was his name. Okay. He wasn't super pleased with the quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Pat, I'm excited to get your reaction from Jim in Sockville. You know, to me, it's not complicated. I like my leaders to be humble in the manner in which Bart Starr was. And I don't think Bart Starr would have done that. I don't like the use of the, the F word. And I don't <laughs> think just because whipping the finger or giving the bird, uh, I don't think it requires an equally as in-kind expression back at the fan. 
Uh, Pat, do you like the F word? <laughs> well, I think there's a time when in place for it, to put it that way, and it's certainly much more common than it used to be anyway. I think you have to live with that. And, uh, you know, I think we've got that at the you know, stadium with uh, the taste great, less filling, taste great type of stuff. And with I won't put the words in there, but uh, that's Thank the way you. it is nowadays. And I think that... The, the other thing is, it's such a spontaneous thing with the way that the action was. He ran for the touchdown. It was a big play. And for that to happen, I mean, the excitement. And I think, you know, I don't see that as a failure and the kind of a leader. And whether Bart would have been able to run into that game. and But I'm sure there were plenty of guys on it, Ron Kramer and others, that would have been able to express themselves to the fans if they did. Next. Last one for you here, Pat, as uh, Tom Brady also chiming in on I Own You, the Buccaneers quarterback, several-time Super Bowl champion. Here's uh, Tom Brady on Mad Dog Radio. You know, I was studying a little bit on the Bears and, and the Packers and, and watched a lot of that. That was another great game. And I, actually, before we get started, I wanted to say congrats to Aaron. Rodgers, obviously, um, not always a great quarterback, but I guess he's now a shareholder of the Bears. <laughs> Hilarious uh, from Tom Brady. You know, it, it seems like Tom Brady's becoming more and more likable every year. Pat, do, do you feel that way as well? Uh, I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> but uh, I still remember some Michigan days, put it that way. Fair, fair. And, uh, but uh, certainly he's uh, accomplished in so many things that he can say just about anything he'd like, and he always seems to be very measured, and, uh, and there's a little tinge of uh, cynicism there and maybe some – some uh, some levity and fun and things like that and hopefully I think that's what everybody's looking for is a little bit of Rodgers in him I think that would I, I don't know that we want it because he'd be a, be a hell of a player if he was but uh, even better than he is now but I think that he probably there's some things in there he probably wished he had a little bit of an edginess like Aaron does and he probably would uh, probably enjoy it a little bit better I mean this is the same guy that was getting vilified for throwing down the or yelling at his Offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. Yeah. So it's uh, like age, the guys chill out. Uh, they get a little different. Uh, Aaron's Is that always, the age you're at, Jim? I, I guess I'm pretty chill. I'm not as old as Tom Brady. Is he older than you? I'm 41. Is it? Oh, Brady? yeah. He's yeah. like 43, I think. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. Brady, in a little bit better shape than you, I think. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, uh, he's better shape than you as well, Stroke. Yeah, that's you're a, 22. You wouldn't want to eat his diet. Let's put it that, that way. That, that's that, also that, true. That, that, no fun at all. That is, uh, yeah, no. Very fun good le- point. No fun league uh, there with that diet as well. Strofe, you got anything else for us, sir? That that's all I got for you this week in Sands of the Week. That uh, was a, a fun sound of the week, and we'll uh, thanks. We'll take a break here, and we'll talk Packers because that was a fun Packers game, and uh, we'll do that to wrap up the show. This is the Pat Rector Show, one hundred point five ESPN, ESPN up and Wisconsin, the man. I don't like the use of the the f word. Varsity, the best of the Badgers on Wisconsin On Demand. Does Jim Leonard have anything? I was thinking like the turnover teddy bear. We're good, thanks. <laughs> Subscribe to the Varsity Podcast, brought to you by Metro Ford on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcast. need to protect your home or business, there's only one call to make. That's J&K Security Solutions. At J&K, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call 255-5799 or visit jksecurity.com. Jim Rutledge, Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. This is the Pat Richter Show, and we're going to talk 
little uh, Green Bay Packers. They were able to beat the Chicago Bears again. Uh, it's the large majority of the time they beat the Chicago Bears under Aaron Rodgers, and they did the same thing really under Brett Favre as well. And to me, and I've said this for a while, Pat, this domination by the Packers over the Bears is really the most crystal clear example anyone would ever need about the importance of a quarterback because the Packers have had two franchise quarterbacks. Chicago has had middling at best quarterbacks during that time and rotated a lot because here's the thing. When you don't have a good quarterback, you're constantly trying to replace that quarterback and this leads to so many uh, different iterations of quarterbacks starting for your team and you know, again, it was shown one team has Aaron Rodgers and the next team and the other team didn't, which is the story of the season so far, mostly for the Packers as well. Yeah, you know, it's really a, a good point because uh, you'd like maybe just say, well, okay, let's what would happen if the Bears offense played the Bears defense with the quarterback they had and versus what Roger, whether or not he could, uh, Justin Fields could make any headway with respect to his own defense and, uh, and whether they would be as dominant uh, as, as Packers might be. I mean, you look at the, the Packers and the defense and, and the Bears defense, and, you know, it's, it's like when you somebody's look at Penn State and Wisconsin physically, we don't match up, you know, and most times we do match up on the field. But that's the same way with the the Packers and the Bears. I mean, they're they're nasty. They're mean. They seem to fly around and whatever. They they with Khalil Mack and whatever. And, and for some reason, we seem to have the dominance. And, and just doesn't. I think either they get down because they can't score from an offensive standpoint. I mean, Sunday they they did. They they took the ball and went right down and scored. And uh, and it was uh, you know it looked like this was going to be a long long day when we started out and couldn't get a. You get a little bit of traction going, and then kind of pittered out, and and then they come back and score. And uh, you know, you when you when you get the kickoff, knowing that they're going to get the first half, you I can look at it saying, you know, we don't we've got to score and keep ahead of them. When they scored, then of course then we got to co- score to catch up, and then try to hopefully hold them back. But I think that you're exactly right with the quarterbacks. I mean, and, and for some reason they think that uh, Justin Fields maybe is the guy. Uh, that may be the case, but there's just little things in there that's going to take a while for them to work out, and I'm not sure that he uh, is the answer full time as well. Just because you got to try to do a little bit of trickiness to uh, to make him effective, and I think that uh, there are certain guys that can do that, and uh, and I'm not sure that he's the guy. Well, and and that's the thing. Every time you try a quarterback, that's years that you're going to essentially throw away if he's not the guy, and. You're you're just kind of stuck, which again just reiterates what are the Packers doing? They should be working with Aaron Rodgers every step of the way throughout the season to see if he's willing to renegotiate that poison pill contract he currently has to get him back. Because I I don't care what you might see in Jordan Love, look down south to Chicago and you can see more often than not you're going to be at best rolling out with a league average quarterback. And that's a tough road to hoe. Yeah, and you know, you look at the the, the gap and say, okay, well, you Rogers at the top, and then you got Love, and maybe he's in the middle or whatever. We don't really know. I mean, that's still a hell of a drop. And uh, and I think that that's what I said earlier about the fact that more of those little runs in the end zone type of thing, and the more things that are happening that 
kind of give you the warm and fuzzies and, and hopefully get a chance to play it off at the end, make that opportunity a little bit greater because uh, there's an awful lot of – I mean, he's got a lot to risk to go someplace else. I mean, uh, you figure that he's got a lot of weapons around him that uh, he knows and, uh, and uh, he's very, very comfortable with and uh, the team – and his age and whatever, I mean, I am not sure that uh, you know, he can think to do things a little bit better someplace else. And so that's why the little incremental steps, is, is, albeit as small as they are, given after that first game and how miserable it looked, you know, we take him at everything that he can. We've got the Redskins coming up, or excuse me, World Washington and Football Club. And uh, they'll, uh, they'll have a difficult time uh, with the Packers. And hopefully they can build on that and just and get back to Yari back. You know, Dylan seems to have really done a hell of a job with respect to the running back. And, and Cobb wasn't used very much, but uh, the other guys are very effective. Everybody seems to have gotten better. And that's one of the things when you talk about quarterbacks, you know, that they make you make everybody around them even better. And that's one thing that the Bears have not been able to do. You know, they've got some good skilled people. Well, they don't, don't seem to be they don't seem to elevate themselves just because the quarterback isn't able to do that to them. And with uh, the Packers here, you know, we've talked about this for a while. They're not, we're not really trying to talk about winning the, the North. That's, that's kind of a foregone conclusion. So it really is what happens these next few weeks. Now, this is the, the age of football. Packers hurt, but that Seattle game is not going to be a true litmus test because there's no Russell Wilson in that game. And just like last year, there's no uh, Mahomes in the Chiefs game. It's just... A lot of these games can be timing, which brings me to the Packers would have probably been better served. You know, we don't need them to have like a true like a team rivaling them for 13 wins every year, but having a true rival within the North would have probably served them a little better because those games are always intense. But an intense game against a lesser football team only goes so far. Uh, the Packers' Super Bowl run was when they didn't win the division, and the Bears gave them fits throughout the year, and they were tested and had to play for their player, playoff lives throughout. And we just got done lamenting about the Brewers being able to coast in. The Packers almost already can set it on cruise control and coast into the playoffs. Yeah, I still every time we play against the Vikings, I still get a little nervous. So I mean, I we seem to somehow eke it out, but uh, they just seem to. You know, there's something about them. just like when Wisconsin plays the Gophers, and uh, you just never know what's going to happen. And I said, so I, I mean, they snuck by this past weekend, but they're they just hang around, and, they, and and we always seem to win. But it's not a pretty game, and and uh, and so that's a challenge. But I know what you're saying is trying to you try to stay healthy, not get uh, complacent, kind of like with the Brewers, with respect to the time that they had off before the Atlanta Braves. And uh, things started getting a little bit uh, stale, and you know, you, sometimes you want to play it. But I think that there's enough good things that can happen between now and then, with respect to players that are out, or maybe injured, and get back to healthy status, and and uh, and, and just keep it keep it try to keep it sharp. The Packers aren't a pretty team all the time. I mean, they, I mean, you can think back as when's the last time we really just dominated uh, from start to finish. There's always a little struggle. And, and their, their record with the opponent's record in the red zone. I, I don't. Did we see? Was it 20 straight times that the opponents have been in the red zone and scored, or something like that? Is, I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to believe. Close to but, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but we seem to seem to you know make do, and and that's uh, the glue that's holding it together. And so we've lost a lot of good players 
this year, and guys have stepped up, which is good because it's going to give us depth at some point in time. But uh, you know, it's, it's just you just got to worry about what you can control, and I think that's the main thing: is try to keep healthy and keep uh, improving, keeping the guys uh, at the top of their game, keeping everybody uh, kind of together, and uh, do the best you can and make it look like you had an opportunity. And that's what uh, Aaron's looking for. Well, Pat, uh, as always, you know we we appreciate the time. Okay, thank you, Jim. Talk. This has been the Pat Richter Show, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, brought to you in part by Oak Park Place, J&K Security Solutions, and Simden Chevy in Mount Horrible, only minutes away from a better buying uh, experience. Strofe, uh, nice job today, Jim. Pat was pretty pretty into uh, that Aaron Rodgers comments. He, he liked that. Well, how can't you be, Jimmy? I mean, I we've talked about it all week. I mean, it, it is legitimately, and I referenced, I was asked if that's the greatest piece of trash talk in NFL history. Yeah, what, yeah. I, let's go back to that. What What were you trying to brag about? What I wasn't show? bragging. I'm just saying somebody asked me that what, question what, earlier. What, you said the sh- what was the show? The Sports Map Radio. It's, uh, it's a network. It's it's not a show. I was on a show called In My Opinion with Denton Day, which is their midday show earlier uh, today. Like an internet radio thing? or uh, No, it's regular radio. <laughs> There's an affiliate in Appleton. I think that's oh. the only affiliate in the state. Oh. But affiliates in like Dallas, if, Vegas. If it's based a out of Houston, Appleton radio. Woo! <laughs> yeah, big big market, dude. Um, Woo! Anyway, I was lead with that. <laughs> Appleton's number three hey, do radio you remember, station. Do you remember when uh, we Appleton's talked about three radio se- several months ago? That's a that's a generous ranking. Um, it, it, we talked about how Aaron Rodgers renewed his membership to a, a country. Club, yeah, they were the station that reported that. Ah, so that was that was about what they're known for. Real anyway, hard hitting stuff from that group up there, <laughs> totally. Um, but I was, was that asked, even verified. <laughs> was what verified? I verified. That he actually did renew it. I verified it. Um, yes, through my source. But uh, are you sure? We just had a big discussion about we sourcing did have here. A big discussion. Oh boy, fancy! <laughs> take us out, Jim. We got fifteen seconds. This has been the what, what are you show? doing? Just taking it off the rails to ESPN. insult me. ESPN. Well, hey, no, I'm I'm. In awe. I don't like the use of the the F word. Friday is one day away, two days away. This is jump. Uh, this is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin. The man. Bye.